Welcome to the Picture Partners Pharmacy Podcast Series. I'm Norman Thurek from Picture Partners. Today I'm in conversation with Laurie Bray, a successful pharmacist who spent over 30 years as a partner in a branded pharmacy group. More recently, Laurie has embarked on independent ownership outside of the group, purchasing a pharmacy in the western suburbs of Brisbane. Laurie's experience as an owner provides an excellent backdrop for our discussion about branding in the current environment. Welcome, Laurie. Good morning, Norman. Laurie, you've had a had a very long and successful uh, career in pharmacy. Leaving the original partnership would have been a, a difficult and thought out decision. What was your motivation for buying an independent pharmacy? I think after thirty years with my partners, it was time to sort of have a go by yourself. And also, pharmacies being often a small family sort of business, I had some boys coming through that thought it was an opportunity that we could look at options from there as well, Norman. And and through that process, did you discuss that with the boys? Sometimes. <laughs> to a degree, because they were, they were still young, but and it takes a long time to change a direction in your career. That's right. Laurie, at what point, having bought the pharmacy as an independent pharmacy, unbannered, at what point did you think about branding the store? When I bought the store, it was in a fairly main street position, but it was going backwards. So I bought the store also to protect another business I had in the area at the time. So I could do the research on what I would do with it. I had no specific idea of what I was going to do with the pharmacy, but I was wanting to make sure I protected my other interests in the area at that time. And in assessing, that's really interesting because in assessing that, um, when you have two stores not too distant apart, what was your view of the competitive nature of that? Were you worried about it, what it would do to the original? Not really because I, the brands would be different when you set up a franchise. Uh, the area had a mix of different franchises around, so there was opportunities for new ones to come in and, yeah, working out what's the best way to go forward. Yeah, so in assessing those brands, I mean, the Therein lies the key to many listeners, I'm sure. What is the what was your assessment uh, criteria for looking at the different brands? Was it colour or was it advertising? Was it the perception? Norman, it's probably what would fit in with the, I'll call it the personality that I have and what I see pharmacy is. And I think whichever brand you go with, it's do you want to be an owner, occupier and manager? Or do you want to have it externally managed? And I think each of the groups offer different options depending on which way you do go. That's really interesting, Laurie, that you say it's it's really an individual choice based on individual uh, preferences. Uh, because I think, you know, the benefit that pharmacy's got is absolutely it is still an owner-operated business. I, I understand that many are still owner-managed, but at the end of the day, the goodwill in the business really resides with the individual and the, and the connection to the customer. Uh, so it's a really interesting point you make. How did you then perceive that when you went to brand? How, how did you think the customers would react? That was probably one of the biggest unknowns on how the customers would react because the pharmacy had been an independent for a long time. I was moving the pharmacy from a fairly high street position to a busy intersection. 
Mm. Um, so customers, as one of them said, he'd been shopping in the pharmacy for 40 years the other day. It's had three owners in that time. 90% of the customers followed us down the road. And I suppose the decision on the brand also had to do with, one, how you would be able to interact with the franchise holder as the franchisee to get on together. Yes, yes, that's an interesting point. Did you actually connect uh, initially or did you have to go through a courtship? In the analysis, I think we had we connected pretty well first up and the customers accepted what we did and how we were doing it and my team embraced the whole process. The relationship changes over time with anyone yes, and all franchises. They go up and they go down and around. <laughs> like a good bottle of red. That's it. You're listening to the Pitch Partners Pharmacy Podcast Series. I'm Norman Thurecht from Pitch Partners. Today, I'm in conversation with Laurie Bray. Laurie, uh, you just raised an interesting point there. You know, where, where were the staff in this uh, decision-making process? And, and I guess before you, you make comment on that point, how many staff have you still got that were there when you originally bought? I've got three of the original staff still there. Yeah, that's excellent. So that was good. The store only had four or five staff, so it wasn't as though I had a lot to lose and a lot to pick up. And the business has grown exponentially since we moved and franchised. So, Laurie, in, in the conversion process, at what point did you engage with the staff and were you concerned about their view? I didn't engage with the staff until I was probably near the end of my research and signing the paperwork because I, you're always very careful in pharmacy to keep things confidential because people love to know what's happening. And once I had let them know, then we worked quite quickly and confidently together so that they would all remain positive for the transition because they were the responsible ones to sell it to the customers to come with me because moving that far could have lost a lot of customers. Yeah, I think retaining 90%, I think you said 90% before, is a a really good outcome given relocation, rebranding, albeit still in the same suburb, but there's still change and and generally speaking, customers uh, don't like change. And during that experience, obviously the relocation uh, costs money and then you you have to go through a refit and a re-merchandising experience with the new franchisor. Did you ever hesitate at the concept of, gee whiz, I've got a successful business here. Yes, it's going backwards. Can I change it in situ versus, no, I'm going to make the investment, make the move. Were you certain of your convictions on that? You always have to make some assumptions and be fairly convinced that what you are doing is correct. I chose the brand that I went with because I knew I still had some control of my own destiny of what stock we carried, a little bit with the pricing, and also worked with their teams to get the design that suited me and them. Laurie, that's a really interesting point. You know, at the end of the day, the franchisee in pharmacy does have the control, and I think the point about needing uh, to suit you was an important fact in your transition. Were you ever focused on the numbers without disclosing numbers? I mean, were you ever focused on the numbers at the outset or is that a a byproduct of your decision-making process? The numbers 
were a byproduct because I leave that up to my financial advisors to give me direction in that way a fair bit. Um, in that when you're running a business, yes, you need to know what your numbers are and where you're going, but you can't overly focus on them because you've got to focus on the customers and the staff and building that goodwill Mm. Which is an intangible. Yeah. So, so when in the in the initial phases, now you've you've uh, converted that store, I think four years ago, maybe five years ago now. Correct. Yep. Um, in that time, reflecting over that period, I know you've got your your daily life in a good spot now. Did you commit a lot of time in the beginning to the process? You know, physically in the store. Norman, in pharmacy, in my opinion, if you're not going to commit your time and effort you may as well not do it. And that was also a choice of the brand I took because I could be in there. That's really good, Laurie, because I'm sure being present in the pharmacy certainly brought the staff on the journey with you uh, through that change process. Laurie, I just want to switch um, to a little bit of history, uh, if I may, and, and without going into much detail about the group that you were previously in, I just wanted to touch on um, your exposure to rebranding or debranding stores that came into that group over time. So what I mean is you would have acquired stores that may have been in a brand and then you debranded and rebranded in that same breath. Was the customer ever in the equation when you were doing that process? The customers in the equation when you're doing that process from the fact that your design of the brand, the group, the store is focused towards how you want the business to look. Did you look at individual customers? Not really. You know, you will always lose customers when a business is sold, when the business is rebranded. And there's a case that I know of uh, where a pharmacy took about eight or nine years to get people to get to know it had changed from what brand it was to a new one. And that was with the one owner. So people come into it, but that's not in the first instance, I don't think. This is the Picture Partners Pharmacy Podcast Series. I'm Norman Thurek from Picture Partners. You touched on something interesting, Laurie. Uh, I mentioned before there's a personal goodwill aspect in the business of pharmacy. And while the individual is still standing in the pharmacist, pharmacy, does the customer actually see the brand or do they see the pharmacist? And I think that's a really interesting exercise for owners to understand how to leverage the brand to get the customer to the door and then to work with the pharmacist in the pharmacy. And if I reflect on your business, um, I think you, you've achieved that very well. Do you think, therefore, that the brand actually has a use-by date in some circumstances, as in the need to change? And we see that in the marketplace where a, a branded pharmacy will merely switch to another brand, which I find interesting. The brand is relevant to a degree. As long as there is commitment from the staff or the owner or the head franchisor, to develop and build that business. You, you know, you've seen over years brands or groups come and go, and that's because they either become irrelevant 
the cans of dog food out the front don't mean anything anymore. Marketing has changed, and and each one works for different owners. There's there's not one size fits all by any means. Whether they're owned by a pharmacist, a wholesaler, or an independent, they all can have relevance. That's a great point. The the relevance of the of the offer is important. If we think about pharmacy in general, it has a homogenous product range. That is, I can get most products from any pharmacy. Um, so the driving force to bring me to your pharmacy would have to be something different. And and therein lies the debate about the brand. Laurie, in your assessment of branding or, or staying independent, um, did the concept of purchasing power and how well you could buy come into the equation? For a business to be profitable, you've got to buy well as much as you've got to sell it at the right price. So you need information giving you what is the correct price to be selling a product at within your area and also in the same vein as there's more and more groups setting up or co-ops coming along you've got to be able to negotiate a deal where you're getting a good price and even in the group we sometimes get better prices going outside yeah, that's interesting. So, Laurie, once you'd made the decision to actually convert and brand the store away from an independent offer, and I, I get that you relocated in the same um, in the same motion, surely marketing was part of that thought process and how you would then tell the customers uh, about the new offer. How did that play out? With the marketing of the move from the position where we're at, there was a degree, a number of letterbox drops we did within the area and I took out for the first two years a number of ads within the local papers to try and get people to know we moved and also printed up numerous handouts with our hours or with what we were doing or our delivery service or everything else. That had to have worked because the business is still there. But five years later, people still go, oh, I never knew you were here. So I think there's only so much your marketing will get onto people. And our biggest marketing power at the moment is the word of mouth of the consumers. Uh, as things happen in the suburb, you know, people will come in and say, oh, I've told them to go and see so-and-so at your store. And so after four or five years, that's our probably our biggest driver. So they're actually, they're actually coming to you because in a social media sense, uh, people are giving you reviews and uh, giving good experience reviews, which is a great outcome. Correct, yeah. And that's yeah, based around the way the business is ticking over. Laurie, if you had the opportunity to talk to Laurie Bray 30 years ago, what advice would you give him? Norman, I've enjoyed every minute of my 30-plus years in pharmacy, um, and I did it with a group of people that I enjoyed every minute of. Um, it's a lot different now, and whether I would try and do the same thing again, I don't know if it's quite, quite possible. Um, and pharmacy is completely different business now to what it was 30 years ago 
but I think it's been I've enjoyed my journey through pharmacy. That's great. And how do you see the future of pharmacy, Laurie? Norman, that that's a question that's nearly unanswerable because everyone has a different opinion of which way they see pharmacy going. And it's probably, in my opinion, that I've got to recently, it's where is the whole healthcare industry going rather than one individual component of it? Pharmacists, nurses, doctors, all the other allied health professionals, they have to work out a way to work together because really I don't think they are trying to. So once that gets answered, then we'll know. It's a wonderful opportunity, Laurie, and thank you for talking with us today. My pleasure, Norman. You've been listening to the Pitcher Partners Pharmacy Podcast Series. I'm Norman Thurek from Pitcher Partners. Mm-hmm.